Well, it's great to be with you today. Uh, both Kathy and I feel like we're coming home in that Kathy grew up as a little girl till age six, less than a mile from here, yeah. on Marguerite Street. And then I grew up in a Presbyterian church oh, okay. as a young boy until I went off to college at Washington State University. Well, Jeff asked me if I would come today and uh, speak about ministry on campus. I'm also at Cal State Long Beach as my campus I'm on. But evangelism and ministry on the campus. So as I thought of that, I thought of these two verses. Because to me, it highlights our goal for evangelism, verses 28 and 29. And also our strategy, verses 2 through 6 of chapter 4. So that's where we're going to go uh, today, is we're going to look at what's, what's, what's our aim in evangelism, very briefly. And then how can we be involved? So if you would join me, I'd love to pray before we get into the scriptures today. Father, we thank you for this time that we can join together to worship you. Blessing and honor and glory and strength is due to you, both now and forever. Father, thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit. We do ask for that fresh outpouring of your spirit on our lives, moment by moment, day by day. Lord, we thank you now for this time in your word. And Lord, my earnest prayer is that your Holy Spirit would take your living word and apply it to each one of our lives exactly where we are. So Father, we look to you in this, humbly uh, expecting you to work because you're a great God. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So you saw the title, if you read your bulletin, Evangelism is for Everyone, Two Aspects of Evangelism. And I noticed on your bulletin, whoever put that together, had a, had a great little thought on the front cover, which is so true. In Christ, we all have stories to tell. And so I, I trust today will be an encouragement to you as you, as you consider this. As, as Jeff said, I do minister with the evangelism. I, I minister on campus with the navigators. And I wanted to tell you our goal, our motto as navigators is to know Christ, make him known, and then to help others do the same. So that's what we're about. Uh, Kathy and I have known Tom and, Tom and Dana for years, uh, probably since the uh, early 1980s. And I also noticed you had in your bulletin Mark and Jill Cable, who are also friends, who way back in the day were part of the navigators uh, at Cal State Long Beach, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and uh, we've had the privilege of serving at Long Beach since 1993. So it's year number 27 there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a blessing to be involved with students. Okay, well, let's get into the scriptures here. Uh, Colossians 1, 28, 29. This is our aim in evangelism. You have it listed in your bulletin there. We proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power which mightily works in me. 
So let's just look at that just really briefly. I love to break down this particular passage when we're talking about ministry and evangelism. Number one, we proclaim Christ. He is our message. And evangelism is simply bringing the good news of Christ to others who need to know him. That's what evangelism is. Bringing the good news, the gospel of Christ, to others who need to know him. Need to know him. And as I think about that ministry we have, one of the things that strikes me is that ultimately, the simple truth is man has two problems. When it's all boiled down to everything, man has two problems. Sin that separates us from a holy God. And death, which is a consequence of that sin. But friends, we've got such great news to people, for people, and that is that Christ is the answer to the two problems man has. Because he went to the cross, Peter put it this way, for Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, in order that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Christ, his death on the cross, he covers our sin for all those who trust in him. And then in his resurrection on the third day, as you know, on, on his resurrection, he conquered death. So that those who trust in him will have new life now, but also life forever with him. That's why Christ is our message. Our goal is in the second phrase. We proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. See, our goal is not only that everyone hears, and not only that everyone responds to Christ, but that everyone is established in their faith and equipped so that they can reach and disciple others. And that really reflects our, our goal in our ministry, is we want people to come to the place where their disciples will make disciples. So everyone complete in Christ. That's the goal. And then finally, the power to proclaim Christ and labor toward the goal. The last phrase. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. So Christ, our message. Everyone complete in Christ, our goal. Christ's power in us, the way we preach Christ and labor toward our goal. Which gets me to the second half of our message, which would be how. What do we, what do, we do to do this? Of course it says proclaim Christ, but in verses 2 through 6 of chapter 4, Paul gives some instructions to the believers there in Colossae that I think is good for us as well. Now, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm not going to right now preach through the whole book of Colossians. But 
if you look at what he's done, chapter 1, he talks about the greatness of the person and the work of Christ and our union with him. In chapter 2, what he focuses on, Christ is all we need. Christ is all we need. Chapter 3, he focuses primarily on our corporate and individual living that out, that relationship with Christ out. In chapter 4, just these five verses is him talking about ministry. So he says all these other things in Colossians, and then he gets to his instructions for them in ministry, just five verses. Chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. So uh, you could put it on the screen there. Notice where it starts. Devote yourselves to prayer. <coughs> Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I read your bulletin it's sitting down here. One of the things I'm really, really excited about is the different times that you meet together to pray. I saw probably three, three times listed in your bulletin. All that makes so much sense to me. So I really want to encourage you to take advantage of that. Because what do we want to see happen? We want to see people come to know Christ. We want to see people grow in him. We want to see people strengthened and healed. God is the one who does all those things. So it really makes sense to me that we pray. So that's the first thing he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So I exhort you, excel still more in that. Keep at it. You have opportunities here. And then uh, he goes from there, Paul asked for a prayer for his ministry. He says, praying at the same time for us as well, that, we'll, that God will open up to us a door for the word, that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Now, for me, this highlights Paul's ministry, which is, was an apostolic ministry. So you heard me say at the beginning, the message title, evangelism is for everyone. Two aspects of evangelism. This first one highlights the apostolic evangelism, which the way I would define that is this. Someone taking the gospel to someone they don't know. And of course, that's what Paul did. You look in Romans 15, 20, 21, just write it there, we won't take a long time with that. Paul's goal was to speak the gospel in regions beyond where people have never heard of Christ. <clears throat> our, our brother was talking about the 1040 window. Paul would have been all about the 1040 window because he wanted to not build on another man's foundation, but to speak where Christ hadn't been heard. And it takes someone going, an apostle, to do that. But also in our own lives, we can do that kind of ministry of, of speaking to people that we don't know. And that is more apostolic in that way. And that's a very legitimate avenue of evangelism. But if you'll look at the next two verses, verses 5 and 6, we're going to look at the second aspect of evangelism. And as I've thought about this passage, I've noted 
Paul doesn't say, okay, now you come join me <coughs> on my mission to regions beyond. That's not what he says here. His instruction to this particular group of believers in Colossae is this. Conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders. Making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace. As though seasoned with salt that you, you will know how to respond to each person. To me, that highlights a relational ministry among people that you live around, work with, play with. More of the relational aspect of ministry. And it really makes sense that he exhorted the Colossians to this. Because how did they come to Christ? The Colossians weren't led to Christ by Paul. If you'll look back to Colossians 1, verses 5 through 7, it was Epaphras who they heard the gospel from. And in chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Epaphras, who is one of your number was laboring fervently for them in prayer that they may stand perfect and feel fully assured in the will of God. So you see what's going on here? Here they received Christ through Epaphras, who was someone planted in their midst, who brought the gospel of Jesus to them. And now Paul, the apostle, who wants to go out where people have never heard, tells this church, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. So that's the second aspect of evangelism, is bringing Christ right where you are. And I think when you talk about evangelism, so let's, on campus, there's lots of things we invite students to do. Our most attended thing this year so far with our ministry was our worship night. Now that's a great thing. We have singing to the Lord and we pray, but I also invite people to do evangelism. And I'm thankful to report that there are two men that have joined me. But that's it. And I, I think part of the reason is when people think about evangelism, they think, oh man, it's, it's going up and talking to strangers in the mall that I've never met before, or it's well, that's, that's the pastor's job who gets to preach in the stadiums and people invite people. And a lot of us are not going to be doing the, the former. You know, that's a threatening thing for a lot of people. I know that. Now, I'm the kind of person that likes to engage people in conversations. So I do that. And honestly, we're going to look next at a couple examples of ministry at Cal State Long Beach. And for me, to meet students, I have to go out and meet people I don't know, because I don't take classes at Cal State Long Beach. I graduated from Washington State University in 1978. Not to say I couldn't take a class, but I don't. And so I have to meet new people. 
And, you know, not everyone's going to do that. And the latter, not probably too many of us are going to have opportunities to preach the gospel in stadiums. So do we have a part? I would say absolutely yes, right here. Conduct ourselves with wisdom toward outside. Making the most of the opportunity. And I want to say a few more things about that. So if we would put up this, this slide of these friends of mine. Okay, there we are. The one that's almost my, my height is Zechariah. And I met Zechariah in the spring a little over four years ago as I was doing evangelism. I had two real eager students that would want to join me in evangelism, and we would meet every week to pray and go out and talk to people. And as we were praying one day, I, I, I didn't want to, with three of us, a little awkward to approach one person with three, so I wanted to uh, approach at least a group. So we prayed, and uh, I looked at the other side of the little planter where I was praying at, and there was Zachariah and a friend. So we went to talk with Zachariah. And as we talked, it was clear. God had been working in this young man's heart. So I explained, I explained, not explained, explained to him an illustration that was very instrumental in me coming to Christ, which is the Bridge to Life illustration. Some guys presented that to me my freshman year in college, which basically is this, man and God separate because of our sin. This sin leads to death and judgment. God offers eternal life and new life to us because Jesus Christ died on the cross and he was raised from the dead. He's a bridge to new life for those who respond in so as I presented that illustration to Zechariah, it was clear. God was working in, in his heart. We got to the end of the illustration. I asked him where he is on the illustration. He put man's side as never having responded to Christ. Where do you want to be? God's side. He prayed right on his own there to respond to Christ. So that's apostolic evangelism. You know, I'd never met him to that day. Now we've become good friends. And we began meeting right after that, and I just prayed with him a week and a half ago before he went to be with a friend in Japan for a couple weeks. He graduated in mechanical engineering last spring. Now, Emilio, that highlights more the relational aspect of ministry. So, Emilio, the uh, one on my right that's so buff, he's actually a mixed martial arts fighter, among other things. Uh, along with being probably the friendliest one you'd ever meet. Uh, this guy is amazing. But uh, also a mechanical engineer. Why the Lord puts me around all these mechanical engineers, I don't know. He knows I need help, yes. Uh, anyway, met Emilio on his second day of classes. I was doing a survey out on, on campus of students and getting their interest in the gospel. Just a quick little survey. He put five on his one to five of his interest. And, and knowing about Christ and seeing a, a message about, uh, that explains the uh, message of the gospel. So the next day, called him up. Zechariah and I went to talk with Emilio. So cool. Here's Zechariah now proclaiming the same gospel that he had heard uh, as a freshman to this freshman guy, Emilio. We got to the point of 
Are you ready to trust Christ, put him first in your life? Emilio wasn't. So is that the end? No. We said, well, Emilio was eager to learn. So we began slowly working through the Gospel of John. We spent the whole year in bite-sized chunks discussing the Gospel of John. He'd read it. I'd read it. Zechariah joined that year. We'd discuss it. Hey, Emilio, what stands out to you in this passage? Discussed it all year. Still hadn't come to Christ. Came back for a sophomore year. Well, what do we do next? Well, we decided to go through Luke. And so we began going through Luke. Same way. Just slowly working through Luke. Somewhere in his sophomore year, Emilio got that Christ and what he has done is his only way to salvation. And then we began to see the work of the Spirit in his life. And we've com continued to this day. We finished Luke. Then we went through a bunch of Romans. And now I'm trying to encourage him more in getting in the scriptures on his own with an assignment to read through uh, Mark. And then we'll discuss it as we get together. But see how that's different? You know, first, Zechariah, ready on that first day. Emilio, not. So we developed a friendship I did with Zechariah after, after we met. But we just carefully went through the scriptures. More of a relational mystery. In closing, I would like to just think, well, what's this mean for us? Okay. These different forms of evangelism. What's this mean for us? I wanted to close with three possible points for application for us to consider. One is pray. Pray. I notice you have a prayer meeting here. And I, I like the way it was laid out. So that is huge. You know, you can pray for missionaries around the world. You can pray for people in your own sphere that you want to reach, that they would know Christ. So pray. Secondly, a question I would have is, do you know how to communicate the gospel in a simple way? And if you don't learn how to communicate, I'm sure Pastor Chris would love to, if he hasn't already, show you, hey, this is how I explain, explain to someone to come to Christ. And also I brought with me uh, uh, some booklets. Uh, this is not the way to present the gospel, but it is a way. And I, I brought 10 of them. If you, would, if you would like to take one of these, I'll just leave it up here. And this, this is a way you can communicate the gospel, is through simply even going through a track like this. Uh, had the privilege of reading through a tract like this with a guy from South Africa, that as I got to the end of the illustration, uh, he says, now I know why God brought me all these thousands of miles to America to make me a new person. And he joyfully received Christ. Just reading, you know, someone who's 
probably maybe second grade. I, first grader might have problems reading all these words. Could, could do that. But, so that'd be the second thing I would say. Learn how to communicate the gospel. And the last thing is in this whole area of relational evangelism, one of the things I would encourage is, and maybe you're already doing this, but pray for people that are around you. Pray for, and pray for them. They'll come to know the Lord. And then, could you make that step to ask them, hey, you know, you know I'm a follower of Christ. Would you like to read and discuss what the scriptures say about Jesus with me? Well, maybe take 30, 30 minutes a week and then just simply go through the scriptures so they can find out Jesus for themselves. And you all, you can do that. You can do that. if that's something that God puts on your heart to do. One last thing I will say, if there is anyone in here that would ever want to join at Cal State Long Beach to do more of this apostolic form of evangelism and learning how to share your faith, hey, I'd be very happy to join you. Now, if it was a group of 20, it's you know, kind of hard to do that with <laughs> 20. But, you know, I'd love to if there's even one or two, whatever, that would, if you'd like to do that. Yeah, that's, that's an opportunity. We're not that far from you. It'd be, it'd be great to have you join us. So let's pray as we close today.